Hey there, welcome to the Kitchen Sink Podcast. I'm Camille, and this is the podcast for women that want to create a dream kitchen without stress and costing a fortune. If you like no fluff, tell it like it is remodeling advice from a cabinet maker with over 30 years experience, then you are in the right place. I am so glad you're here. Let's dive in. Hey ladies, today we have a really fun series that we are starting called Electrical Week. I've been waiting for this, feels like forever. And joining me is my husband, Larry. So hey, Larry, say hi. Hey, Camille. Hey, ladies. Um, And we are going to be breaking wide open everything electrical. Now, I know you might be thinking, oh gosh, boring electrical. I don't want to hear this. I'm not interested in this. But I think by the end of this week, you guys are going to find it's a lot more interesting than you think it is. Uh, Being married to a master electrician, I can tell you I've learned so many things about electricity over the years that just like blew me away. And I'm hoping to share a few of those things with you guys so that you see just how important this part of the uh, kitchen remodeling process it is. But more importantly, just it's just really super interesting. So um, you're going to hear me refer to Larry as babe all the time because that's pretty much what I call him. So, babe, can you uh, share a little bit about yourself? like a little bit, because you have a very long history, but a little bit of how you became a master electrician and and maybe why you like electrical so much. Wow, that's a big question. Uh, so I started working the trades when I was 14, and I started out with uh, manufactured homes, which meant the home came in on a big flatbed trailer, and you assembled it, and you connected all electrical. And I was just impressed by the magic of electricity. Electricity is... Uh, it's like this unseen thing that has so much amazing power and could do so many beautiful things. Cool. And so what you're leaving out is a huge long history um, in the military where you were a bomb disposal. Uh, you were a master sergeant and you basically diffused bombs. It's called EOD, explosive ordnance disposal. And um, so you learned a lot more things about electronics and switches and just all kinds of things that go into making bombs, obviously. And luckily you got through that unscathed and um, and then you started your professional electrician's business, right? Became a licensed California electrician. And um, we did lots and lots of kitchen remodels together. So we have kind of joint experience because we're married. So we talk about jobs. You got to see what I was doing. I got to see what you were doing. So we have kind of a, I think a breadth of experience because we're married and we both we're doing kitchens at the same time. Would you, would you agree with that? I couldn't agree more. Um, You and I working together as two and three completely different uh, trades was very eye-opening because most electricians never have that opportunity. Most electricians just come in and they're like, okay, I'm just going to pull some wire in, wire up an outlet, wire the switch done. I'm out of here. But by working with you um, doing everything that we did as far as like going from a simple cabinet replacement remodel to completely gutting an entire house and rebuilding it. Yeah. We, we did a lot to complement each other on um, the various parts of uh, actually remodeling someone's home and remodeling somebody's kitchen. And there was a lot of information, a lot of information crossover that we were able to do. And a lot of things we were able to fine tune by doing it together for so many years. Yeah. And, and I, like, I learned a lot about electric, obviously before Larry worked with me, I had electricians that did stuff in my kitchen models, 
but I wasn't able to like go home and talk about what happened on that job at night. Whereas you and I would be able to go home and actually like, I could ask you much more in depth questions about like why you did something a certain way, why you didn't do it the way you did it on the last job, like what was different about it. So as a cabinet maker, I was able to learn a lot more about electrical because I was able to ask you really in-depth questions over dinner and a glass of wine, (laughs) right? And tacos. And then you were able to learn what it's like to be a good electrician for a cabinet maker, because otherwise you would have never met the cabinet maker, really. You would have just like kind of crossed paths on on the job, but you were able to see how doing things a certain way on your side made my job easier and better for the client. Oh, absolutely. And then were there questions that were relationship to the drawings, um, you know, like for your cabin drawings, it's, it's even today, you and I have been on jobs after an electrician's come in where I've just been helping you out doing a cabinet install. And, you know, we've had to move electrical because they didn't pay attention to the drawings or we've had to move electrical because they didn't look at the cut sheets for the appliances um, it's technical specs, you guys, cut sheets is the right. term. Yes, yeah. specs. Yeah. Uh, and then there's even been things as, as dumb as the electrician put lighting up right where a fridge cabinet was supposed to go, but the light was covered by the fridge cabinet. Right. Yep. They didn't read how deep the the fridge cabinet's going to be. So, yeah. So to say that we've like, it's been really nice to have that relationship because I've learned, I think we both learned a lot from each other. And um, so I just want to start off this episode with, so the rest of the week is going to be like, we're going to have episodes where we talk about like, how do you actually plan your kitchen remodel related specifically to electrical? What are the five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 things you want to make sure you do? Uh, that's going to be a really big meaty episode. We're also going to talk about like, how does power get to your house? Like, it's like magic, but it's not. It's actually really interesting how power gets from your power utility company to your house, down to your outlet. And understanding the basics of that is like really helpful, actually, as a homeowner. Then there's like, how does a GFCI work? What is a GFCI, right? We're going to talk about that. Uh, today, we're going to talk about like how to not burn your house down. <laughs> like, we're just going to go right into it. But before we get into that, I want to talk about some kind of like fun, interesting things about electricity that you have taught me that I think would be fascinating for the women that are listening uh, and their husbands, right? Hey, husbands out there, we love you. So one of the things that I thought was interesting about electricity is that I remember when my dad taught me that, that electricity, if you can visualize it like water, it's like water running through the veins of your house. And the outlets are like little dams. They're like little stops along the way, right? And it's like, it's a very fluid medium. It's not just electricity that's like always there. It's like literally running through your house. And then how you manage that, how you manipulate the electricity, right? Like imagine water at a dam. It could be a really large lake with a really big dam, a lot of electricity, or a little trickle of a stream, right? And a little teeny dam. Like, I always remember my dad talking about electricity is like that. Like, can you talk a little bit about it? Like your perspective of, of electricity in general? Yeah, sure. So uh, let's just start with how electricity is created. Um, believe it or not, we are in the entire world is electricity. The ozone layer that holds in all of our oxygen is electricity. The things that um, 
you see the heat, the cold, it's all created by electricity. It's created by a magnetic force, uh, which is in its own sense, it's electricity. But breaking it down even to a simpler way, the electricity we use in our houses is created by basically magic. It's it's incredible the way that this is, occurs. You've got the dams that actually you know, are in front of rivers and the water gets processed through that, turning generators. The generators create electricity. You got uh, wind turbines, which do the same thing. The wind turns those, they create a generator, it creates electricity. The sun going through solar panels, same thing. You have to have a way to start the process or to energize the atoms of electricity to get electricity to start to work. Then what happens is you have those big power lines that you see when you're driving down the freeway, and those are carrying thousands and thousands and thousands of amps to a distribution center, which you may see off the side of the road where it's like a fenced-in compound or fenced-in area that has a bunch of, you know, like different weird things sticking up and they got wires going into them. But what that's doing is that's taking that electricity that's being generated as raw electricity and it's stepping it down so that it can be manageable and used in the local community without actually causing it to explode. So basically, it's it's controlling the magic. And then from there, it goes out on smaller wires throughout the entire city to a, another generator or to a, green, a big green box, which is a transformer. And it gets stepped down even further in the amperage and, and in some cases, the voltage power to where it carries it to your house. And then when it goes to your house, you've got a box on the outside of your house that has a round meter on it that most people never even pay attention to. And that meter is the is counting how much electricity you use. But in that meter itself, you have what's called a breaker. Um, and it's usually a bigger breaker than everything else on the rest of the panel. And that breaker will have a number. And that number is like 100, 125, 150, 175, or 200. And what that does is that's like, it's like when you're using your garden hose, um, if you have a sprayer on your garden hose, it's doing the same thing with your electricity. When you squeeze the sprayer, you determine how much water is going to come out of your garden hose. Well, in this case, with your electrical panel, what that that breaker is doing is it's controlling how much electricity is allowed to come into your house by the amperage or the amperage power. And that's what gets split out into smaller ones. It's like a bunch of smaller different things. Think of it like a drip system out in your garden. Those smaller breakers are creating the drip system for your house. So it's taken a lot of water pressure and it's and it's made it much much smaller and less powerful so that you can run like your appliances, your lights, things like that. Excellent. So yeah, so that was an excellent description, way better than what I was going to say, but it is um it helps you to visualize that there's it's not like invisible. There's physically something happening in the wires that are coming into your house, right? It's like water. So imagine if water can get dammed up or there's too much pressure or too much power, the same thing can happen with electricity, right? And so um one of the things that I thought was really interesting about about electricity that you taught me was that it is a dynamic medium like it we, like i used to think before i met you that like a wire i knew that it was kind of like water and pressure because of my dad but i didn't know that it was like live i mean obviously it was live you could shock yourself but i didn't know it was like alive inside of the wire and you taught me that a wire that looks like it's just sitting there like it looks like it's just like not moving right? Like in the back of an outlet, you taught me that actually electricity creates a vibration. It's actually moving inside of that wire. 
and that there's movement and friction in those wires. And that's why literally wires can un like, like uninstall themselves from the back of an outlet based on right. Like the resistance, they can actually move back and forth. And that's one of the reasons why people's houses burn down is because the wires actually move. And if they're not screwed in tightly or they're not installed correctly, they create too much resistance. Like I'm probably not explaining this correctly, but talk a little bit about how the wires actually vibrate based on what's happening inside the wire. I thought this was fascinating. So the wires, as you, as you've said, um, when the wires have a load on them, basically you have something plugged in that's creating a demand like a toaster, a toaster creates a big demand. So what's happening is those wires are expanding and, and contracting in the places they're secured to be it the screw or be it a, in some cases outlets have a little thing you can push in the back of it. It's got a little, basically a, it's got a little, it's got a little spring loaded connector back there. But as those wires get hot because the energy coming in and then when they cool off, what they'll do is they'll start loose. They'll start working themselves out. Um, and a lot of the houses that I've actually been in um, and uh, even commercial jobs, a lot of the jobs that I've been on, the number one place we have a problem is that is if a, if a wire is incorrectly attached to, the, to an outlet um, and because of that heat, heat, the expansion of the wire and contraction of the wire, it will start backing itself out of those things over time. And then what it does is starts arcing. Arcing means there's a little space where the where that magic that I was talking about, that electrical magic will try to jump across. It'll try to jump to from one piece of metal to the next, creating a little arc. Like um, a good example would be is if you if you take your feet and you rub them on carpet and then you touch somebody, there's always that little spark between you and that person. Mm-hmm. And you can feel that little shock. And you're like, oh, I just got shocked. Right. Well, that's, that's electricity moving off of you to somebody else because you created a static electricity. Well, in the case of an outlet, you have electricity going to it. It's always going. It's just until you plug something in that closes that loop, closes that circle, that's when the electricity will actually start, you know, really pulling on a load and creating that heat and that and that um, vibration that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Well, if that wire gets backed out of there, if there's a space between it, what happens is that now you don't have a good connection. So like when you shock somebody, you're shocking your outlet when you have something plugged in and it creates a lot of heat and a lot of friction because right. it's trying to vibrate in there and it's going to vibrate out. Well, that's when your outlet catches on fire. Right. Because that spark is actually a, is like a is a little flame, right? It's a little spark. It can burn at up to twenty thousand degrees. Yeah. So um, this is a good segue into why husbands shouldn't do work in their own kitchen. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry for those of you husbands that might be a doctor, an engineer, and you want to do your own electrical in your kitchen. Here's a couple of reasons why not. And so we're just going to tongue in cheek, obviously, if you actually really know what you're doing, but there's a lot more to electricity than just putting in an outlet and following a YouTube, YouTube video. As I'm hoping you will come to know after this week of episodes, there's a lot more going on behind what you think, you know, and um, you really want to have somebody like Larry, who really actually understands the full system and really understands that it's not just one outlet, that one little outlet can create you know, vibration in the wires, they can get loose, they can turn blackened, right? And they can basically catch on fire. And then they catch the inside of your wall on fire, right? Because of one little outlet that you didn't want to pay an actual licensed electrician to install correctly and not backwards, right? So babe, let's talk about probably the most common three to four things that you see why people burn their own houses down or their kitchens down 
because they refuse to hire a licensed electrician that actually, not just a handyman, not just their neighbor, not their brother, someone that actually understands what's at stake and they know how to not miswire outlets backwards. Well, fans and outlets, right? I'd say are the two things we see that are almost always put in wrong. Wouldn't you say that? Like when we go into a job where the homeowner wanted to do their own work. Yeah. I, I actually remember, uh, an instance with somebody that we both personally know very well. They called me up and they're like, Hey, I don't understand why our breaker keeps tripping. Can you come and look at this fan for us? And I was like, yeah, let's go take a look at it. So as soon as I pulled the shroud down from the fan, the shroud is the thing that goes up against the ceiling and hides all the wires. The neutral wire, which is normally white for household wiring for any wiring, but wiring of that size in this case, um, the, the white wire was completely was, was basically baked almost black. It looked like they literally had two black wires going into their into their fan. And what they had done is when they wired the fan and when they wired the lights, they decided to put new switches in the in the switch box and they took a circuit that is the circuits had been separated. So when the they basically ran 220 volt circuits into the box itself well, when they wired the fan up, they created a 220 volt circuit. Now, in America, our normal lighting and outlets and appliances, that's just for your everyday stuff. I'm not talking ovens, I'm not talking stoves, I'm not talking anything like that. All of those things operate on her on 120 volts. So when you throw 220 volts of power into a 120 volt item, what ends up happening is, is you're baking not only the item that you're trying to power, but you're also baking the wires that are carrying it because they were never designed to carry that much amperage, especially when you're when you're running power the wrong way. So it creates a lot of heat and resistance. And that itself on fans is probably the number one thing I see is where people don't understand you may have two circuits coming in powering that fan on two separate voltages or two separate breakers. And those two separate breakers create 220 volts or 200, 220, 240 volts, depending on how your voltage is coming into the house. And you'll basically, by trying to, to do one simple thing, you end up burning your house down, or it starts a fire in your bedroom while you're sleeping. Worst place for it to happen. Yeah. Um, another one that I know we talk about a lot is like how many outlets are wired backwards in a kitchen. <laughs> like, Oh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like, I mean, I know it seems like a simple thing to just replace your outlets, um, and it seems like, oh, you know, I'm a husband. I like I should be able to just replace my outlets or whatever. But again, you have to you have to think, imagine that a real electrician, a licensed electrician, is visualizing the whole system and imagining that power, that rush of water coming in from the street into the house, into the kitchen, and calculating and understanding and balancing the power coming into the kitchen. And the outlets are just those little dams along the way, right? And they're all interrelated. That's what I've definitely like learned from you and over the years is like it's not just one outlet. Every outlet is is organized and and um a unit of a bigger system, right? And so you can't just manipulate one outlet and think it's not going to affect other outlets. Like you have to really understand what's tied together. And um, so talk about like wiring outlets backwards in just a regular kitchen remodel. Like how many times you see that? I've seen a lot of it when we have homeowners doing their own stuff. Um, The reason why this is so bad is, is that the white wire, which is known as the neutral, um, 
the way that that works is is that that is basically allowing the circle for electricity to close when you plug in an appliance. So if you were to look at the back of an outlet, you'll see that you have two wires on one side, and then you look on the outlet itself and it has that little face where it has the two vertical eyes and and then the and then the ground is a little round mouthpiece. There's a little round mouth underneath them. Um, what happens is if you reverse that, you you start carrying voltage on the neutral. And when you carry voltage on the neutral, it pushes voltage back into the main panel. And then that panel distributes that electricity through all the other neutrals throughout your house. And it's and it's what's really dangerous about that is, is if you're running an ungrounded circuit and you're reversing the polarity of the electricity, you can create a lot of heat and that heat will in turn create fire. And in creating fire, you're back to burning your house down because you wired a simple outlet backwards. And it's like super scary. It's just, it's amazing how the magic, once you take that magic and, and, and disrupt its flow, that magic, that magic of electricity becomes very angry. It becomes very like angry. black magic. It goes from good magic to black magic. Exactly. It goes to black <laughs> magic. magic. And then that black magic turns into flame and smoke. Yeah. So the lesson here is it looks simple on the surface, but I've definitely, I mean, I, I feel like I knew a lot about electricity as a cabinet maker, but I didn't know it on the level that you knew it and you know it. And you really taught me as a master electrician, how powerful it is and how interrelated everything in the house is right? It's not just the kitchen room or the living room, how interrelated all those little like ecosystems are back to the main panel and how there's just limits to what can be done in that house with the amount of water flow, power, electricity that's coming in and how to respect how those little rivulets are going throughout the house. And that you can't just do something because you just want to put an outlet there, or you can't just, you know, like you really have to think through the whole system. And that's why sometimes like a handyman or just your neighbor down the street or the guy across the street that says that he tells no, tells you he knows how to put in an outlet. He knows how to put in one outlet, but he is not taking into consideration the whole system at all. Right. Because I've seen you spend hours troubleshooting and fixing and going back to the panel and really thinking through in your head, visualizing what's going on behind the scenes of the walls so that you had an accurate picture of actually what were the problems were, right? You didn't just come in and put in an outlet or come no. in and put in a switch. You analyzed the entire kitchen and the kitchen within the whole house back to the panel so that you knew you weren't fucking up, right? You weren't putting in an outlet that you thought was okay to put in or whatever. Like I've seen you take hours doing that. And rarely do people want to take the time to do it correctly because they just want to get paid $50 an outlet or $20 an outlet. And they think it's not a really big deal. So I've, I've definitely learned a lot by watching you do that. Yeah. The hardest, the hardest houses are the older ones where they take, this is, this is the one that gets husbands and handymen into trouble all the time. You get an older house is built back in the early seventies and what they did with those older houses is to save, I don't know, to save wire, to save space, save clutter. They basically took the same wiring you're using to run your wire through the house, but they take one and they use it to, to break. We called it, um, they break the hot wire that's coming into the house. And what they would do is they would return on the neutral wire from the switch back to the thing that you're trying to light up. So basically you have two, you have a white wire tied into your hot wires, bringing power in and you have the black wire going back to a light or a switched outlet or something like that. 
And what would happen is these guys would come in and they'd like, oh, I'm just going to add lighting to this. And then they would bring in wiring into that and it would cause like, it would basically, all you have is power going on everything and it wouldn't work. And they get super hot and creates fire in a switch, bo in a switch box. Um, I'm not explaining that one very well, but it's like older houses were wired a lot differently than modern houses are today. And if you don't understand how they're wired or how, or if you pull a light down and there's a cluster of wiring in a box, a lot of people don't understand that that cluster of wiring might be because there's a switch controlling power to the light separately. Right. And there's yeah. this jumble and they start attaching colors and they turn around and they create a fire because there's maybe two or three different circuits running through that same box. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um there's a lot going on with electricity, but I I love just the simple little explanations you've given us so far and I just love your how you taught me that like wires themselves can create vibration and friction and I never knew that before that they just just the power coming on them and off of them can create movement and that's another reason why outlets are really important to be secured correctly the all the every time you attach a wire it has to be secured very securely right like it it's i never realized how important that was because it can work itself off of the outlet right so just like that i think is really interesting um what's another like as we kind of close out this episode we're going to then go into like what is a gfci and how is it, why is a gfci so important but what's like another like third thing that has always been a little bit fascinating to you that like, maybe we don't, we don't see or notice behind the wall, right? Like that's just been kind of like really cool to you about electricity. Well, I can immediately think of something that's really uncool. Okay. <laughs> so you and I have been in a lot of remodels and I'm going to use one of our early ones from back in like 2007. Um, we're Camille and I are working in this house in Vacaville. Uh, house had been built back in the in the early 50s and so we were replacing a lot of the wiring in there because it was just it, the wiring was had been damaged and one of the walls that we opened up remember that there was a rat's nest built on top of the on top of the electricity going to the stove oh yeah that's right and the rats had completely eaten off all the insulation mm -hmm. so you had so you had three bare wires and and had moisture gotten into that rat's nest in any way, shape, or form, it would have it would have basically taken and created a conduit for all three wires to like a little mini explosion in there. It would have been <laughs> like a mini, yeah, exactly. It would have basically turned this rat nest rat's nest would have gone into this little comfortable rat's home and turned into this huge little fire fireball, and it would right. basically burn. It would have burnt down this entire house. And the thing was, is had her had Camille and I not been involved and said, you know. Let's take a look at what the wiring is looking like behind this wall here, because we're noticing some burn marks around the outlets. Um, yeah, we would have just we would have closed the house up and this thing would have been ready to go up in flames. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of contractors just kind of do the bare minimum. They don't want to find problems and they don't want to fix problems like they just kind of skim over stuff or they just don't honestly know what the real consequences are. And I think between like electrical and plumbing, like water leaks and, and fire, these are the two biggest things that you and I see that we address all the time that we just never, ever cover up. And so few contractors will just deal with the actual consequence, right? Um, so I definitely appreciate that. We we both are always doing that for our clients and, and we don't like covering stuff up. So, um, all right. Well, this has been fascinating. And uh, I will, the very next episode, you guys, we're going to talk about a GFCI, which is that, 
you know, that outlet that's maybe next to your sink or next to your stove. And it's there to kind of like trip and stop the, stop something from happening. So you may be familiar with it. It has like that little box that you can, that little like button that you can push, right. To like restart the outlet. Larry's going to break down how an actual GFCI works. It's pretty interesting. It's simple. It's mechanical. But I think it's important because in most kitchen remodels, you're either going to be required to update or install GFCIs or they're already there. But it's like he's going to explain why they're so important, what the initial reason for it is, and why you should be happy that you have GSVIs in your kitchen. So we'll see you guys on the very next episode. Great kitchen design and incredible functionality should not cost an arm and a leg. That's why I created Kitchen Remodel Rockstar, a membership group exclusive for women that's affordable, honest, and direct. For just $97 a month, we help you explore all those choices running around in your head like, how big is a granite slab and which color should I pick? Is porcelain better than stainless steel and what will it cost? Should I buy a farmhouse sink in single or double bowl? Or maybe what type of cabinets should I buy? Should I buy custom? Should I do a reface? I'm really lost, right? And finally, how do I even figure out the ideal cabinet layout? Well, that and so much more is what we cover inside of KRR. It's like kitchen therapy, because let's face it, planning a kitchen remodel is stressful. So many decisions to make, it's hard to know who to trust. And that's where I come in. Look, my program has helped over 10,000 women across the country create their own kitchen system that blends high-end functionality with gorgeous design without overdrafting your checking account. So jump on in today and let's see how we can help you get your dream kitchen for less stress and money. Just like Jessica, quote, I can't believe how much I learned already. This was worth the cost and it's been two days. I am so excited to start exploring countertop options now. My anxiety is completely gone. Thank you. Thank you for this group. So, hey, I really want to add your story one day, and I hope you join because this is a safe and affordable place for women just like you to explore what they want to create in their dream kitchen and get straightforward answers in real time. Just think, for $97, there's no more waiting or wondering if you're making the right decision. Now you will feel confident in every single choice and know that you have created the best dream kitchen you can for you. I hope to see you inside the club today. Go over to krr.com to sign up. That's kitchenremodelrockstar.com today.